Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 326, The Decline of Testosterone and How to Support Healthy Levels in Five Ways, Including Lifestyle and Diet. So the big concern here is that testosterone levels have rapidly declined, especially in the United States, and we're now seeing them really down in the dumps from sedentary jobs to poor diets and lifestyle choices, um, and even some of those seemingly unavoidable impacts such as stress and toxins. I mean, it's a really serious decline that we're seeing. Yes, it's been a big topic of concern, and really over the past two decades, we've seen strong trends, but more pronounced now, even in the media, we're starting to hear influence on fertility and this rapid decline, as it's being called, of testosterone levels. And apparently, when we look at other areas that are not as industrialized or maybe as susceptible to the dynamic lifestyle impact of stress demands as well as toxins, we're seeing a huge discrimination or variable. Um, We've seen that, for instance, in Japan, a male can have much higher testosterone levels than an average American male who is upwards of 30 years younger in age. And generally, we would assume testosterone levels to, of course, decline with age. Um, But again, we're seeing this vitality really impact and influence either rapidly aging, we could see it as seeing that level of decline or just not maintaining that vitality and viability. Um, Super concerning because when we see a decline in testosterone, this ultimately influences our existence as humans. Right. (laughs) Because, you know, fertility and procreation is going to demand that influence of uh, development of prostate. Also, of course, sperm, morphology, motility, and testosterone plays such a huge role in brain function, muscle mass, um, overall quality of life. So this is a big topic and really important to cover. We were going to just do a men's health topic and I went way too deep down the rabbit hole on testosterone decline. So that's what we're doing today. (laughs) I think it's a good one. So ladies, grab your gentlemen to have them listen to you, listen to this with you, or maybe, you know, pass this one along for sure. And relevant to women as well. We'll talk about, of course, you know, we'll see the impact of testosterone decline in muscle mass, which influences metabolism, libido. Um, and we'll even talk about some of the metabolites of testosterone and how they impact vigor, drive, and all of the things. Okay, before we do all that, um, just a couple of quick updates. So at the time this episode airs on January 9th, we're in full swing of January and everybody's rocking their New Year's resolutions. Um, We have decided to host our live detox class. Um, So there was a little blip there where we ran low on inventory and we weren't going to hold it, but we said, what the heck, people have asked for it. Let's do it um, because we personally are both feeling the need to do a detox right now. We are going to bump our 10-day detox to February so we could really focus you all on getting going with our 12-week food as medicine ketosis program. Um, And like Becky said, because there is a little bit of limited inventory on our detox packs, um, but no one wants to wait till February and there's been popular demand. So we're going to give the people what they need. So we will do the two classes of our live 10 day detox on Wednesday, the 11th of January, as well as Wednesday, the 25th of January. So that will spread over a two week window. Check your calendar, select what 10 days within that timeline will work well for you. You will have a class at 12 central standard, both of those dates. Um, and also for just 1499 beyond getting participation in those two classes, which will be archived and you can watch the recordings. You will get access to our Slack channel where we will have community forum conversation that is monitored by Becky and myself. 
Um, you also will get the most updated detox protocol, which in itself is $10 of value. Um, so for $14.99, really great way to make sure you have the structure and the strategy to jump in with clean eating and get that motivation of, you know, again, the body will give you feedback and it feels amazing to eat clean. That in itself is a great way to just kind of lay your progress and and get the wheels of the train on track, if you will. Um, So we hope you'll join us for that. And if you want to see weight loss results, if you want to see inflammation go down, if you want to see regulation of gut health, um, and if you're looking to really see some sustainable long-term weight loss results, this is where we would say you also got to grab a spot in our 12-week food is medicine ketosis class. Um, Doing a Mediterranean approach to the ketogenic diet can absolutely support healthy sex hormone balance in the body. And we will connect the dots in this episode about the influence of testosterone in keto. Um, So this could be a great time of the year to jump on this also with your husband, spouse, uh, partner, um, best friend, Um, great time to get accountability. And that program starts on the 18th of January and runs for three months. Um, You can absolutely do both, um, but the 12-week food is medicine keto class is going to be a lot more robust um, and really set the tone for sustained lifestyle change. Um, and we'll help you join us for that as well. Okay, let's take a quick second to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Wild Foods. Yes, so Wild Foods is a food company that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their products. They have a wide range of some of our favorite food as medicine pantry staples, anything from coffee to turmeric to medicinal mushrooms, and every single product is painstakingly sourced from small farms around the globe. They, like us, take their mission to seriously fix the broken food system and believe that real food can be medicine. They've partnered with us to give you guys an exclusive discount when you use the code AllieMillerRD, that's A-L-I. M-I-L-L-E-R-R-D, you're going to get 12% off your order. And for a limited time, you will get a sample of their ginger turmeric syrup. Um, Some of my favorite items that Wild Foods provides is their wild vanilla. Um, This is the hand-harvested whole vanilla beans, and um, they're dried and ground, and this aromatic powder can be added to anything in the kitchen. Um, Really powerful antioxidant blend there. Absolutely a nice boost of warming vanilla flavor, which can often kind of give you that emulation of sweet without having to add those pesky non-caloric sweeteners or spiking your blood sugar with a real sweet sweetener. Um, So adding that to just like a full fat Greek yogurt is a really great addition. Um, I also am a big fan of their matcha. The wild matcha, of course, is that ceremonial grade stone ground green tea leaf, which is going to have 10 times the amount of L-theanine, that good brain and mood stabilizer, as well as the EGCG and antioxidants we'd find in green tea because it's ground into a powder. So you actually consume the whole leaf. Um, We have tons of matcha recipes in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook and also on the blog. Um, So it's a great pantry staple to consider as well. And then in general, they have fabulous tea blends. And so if you're looking to cut down alcohol in the new year, this is a really great ritual to do in the evening and replace that glass of wine with maybe their Thai G, which is their green rooibos tea with ginger, lemongrass, and lime. It is fabulous and it is caffeine-free, so it could be done in the morning or the evening. Um, Their coconut chai, also a really nice one to kind of warm up at the end of the day, maybe add some full-fat coconut milk or some heavy whipping cream in there. And then if you are still on the like hot cocoa train, their Cocotropic Superfood Elixir is one of the best-selling items and one of my favorites in the household. It's a blend of adaptogenic mushrooms like reishi and chaga, along with maca, which maca in itself is an adaptogen. We've seen good studies on maca and testosterone, um, as well as turmeric as a nice anti-inflammatory, and then raw cacao powder. That's all blended together and and you can use this as an antioxidant-rich nootropic, so basically a cognitive enhancer that can support concentration, mood improvement, generalized relaxation or stress reduction, and a nice way to sip that cocoa flavor um, while getting all of those food as medicine boosts. So if you, like us, want to check out some of their real food, real ingredient products, go on over to wildfoods.co, that's 
wildfoods.co, not .com, W-I-L-D-F-O-O-D-S.co, and use that code AllieMillerRD at checkout, and you will get 12% off your order. I'm sure you'll have so much fun exploring all of the good things. Um, I'll also note their collagen. I've had a lot of questions on, you know, collagen that we've seen updated research on um, or consumer reports on lead and other contaminants in collagen peptides. And the wildfoods.co is a very clean collagen. And that's what I've trade to in my house. Yes, we are using that as well, actually. There you go. All right. Um, So before we talk about the decline of testosterone and what's going on right now, um, let's first just discuss what testosterone is and what it does in the body, because we know both men and women actually have it. Yes. So it's a steroid hormone and it's mostly produced in the testicles and ovaries, so our primary sexual glands. The adrenal glands, however, do produce small amounts as well. Um, Testosterone exists and functions primarily in um, higher levels, significantly higher levels in men than women, Um, but it does have some similar functions in men and women. It's just that it's significantly higher in the um, concentration or levels would be higher in men. Um, The difference in testosterone is um, generally what is going to influence your sex difference, Um, again, based on that organ production. So testicles produce significantly more testosterone than we will see from ovaries, and that's what's going to reflect maleness, essentially, um, male characteristics. Um, When we look at puberty, we see influence on prostate growth. Um, We also see influence on um, muscle mass, um, hair growth, et cetera. Um, Benefits of optimizing your testosterone is going to be clear skin, um, lower body fat, uh, better or improved or regulated sleep function. We can see good brain health and cognition. We see a healthy, robust libido or sex drive. We see optimized fertility, uh, good bone density physical growth. Um, So especially when we're talking about that um, prepubescent age, this will have an influence on boys' growth um, as well as muscle tone. And then we see testosterone having favorable influence in men and women with uh, heart health. Um, And then just this overall vitality wellness. Because again, if you have lower body fat, more muscle, better functioning brain, (laughs) um, you're going to feel better and you get that vigor with the libido on top. Um, it's, It's a powerful hormone that can definitely influence quality of life. Okay. And how do we go about assessing for testosterone deficiency or assessing our levels in the body? Like how do we test that? Yeah. So just like we've talked about with women's hormones, which we tend to focus a lot more on, um, you know, generally you might get a doctor to run a total testosterone, which is a serum blood draw. Um, And this is what we've talked about with women's hormones as well, is that when we look at total hormones, This is going to include what is bound to our sexual hormone binding globulin or SHBG um, or albumin. Um, And when a hormone is bound, it actually can't act on a cell receptor in the body. So yes, you can get your total testosterone run and it may not be sensitive enough to actually diagnose testosterone deficiency. But if that level is seen low, then you're going to want to for sure address testosterone deficiency. So it can be a preliminary test mm-hmm. that could be run. But again, the level of sensitivity and accuracy is is moderate to low at best. Um, uh, but if you do see total testosterone low, and that would be the cheapest option and something that most general practitioners would happily run, that definitely would be an indicator of low testosterone. Now, what we would like to assess, especially if you do get that abnormal result, or if you want to just right off the bat, look at more of a functional, detailed, or sensitive assessment, um, we would want to test in the blood the free or bioavailable testosterone. So you'll see total testosterone, free testosterone, and then some labs will even go a little bit further and look at the percent free testosterone. Um, and the percent free testosterone is often going to range between like a one to 2%. Um, and then, you know, lab ranges are going to be like a 0.5 to a 2.8%. Um, and that's going to be all relative. Um, and so those are the three markers if you're looking at blood. Now, even taking that further, a salivary assessment is going to give you the most accurate level. Um, and so if we look at our neurohormone complete plus for women, or the Neurohormone Complete for men. You can get details on both of these at AllieMillerRD.com. 
These are the labs that we offer when we're looking at sex hormones. And as you'll learn today, it's equally as important, as I mentioned, the adrenal glands make a little bit of testosterone too. So it's equally as important when you're looking at um, you know, low testosterone as a concern, where the status of cortisol is at, where DHEA mm-hmm. levels are at, because DHEA builds both testosterone and estrogen. Um, and so when we test saliva, we get a four-point cortisol, we get that DHEA, and then we get, for men, the primary estrogen, estradiol. For women, we get all three forms of estrogen. And then for both sexes, we get a testosterone and a progesterone. Yep. So a little bit more comprehensive with the salivary assessment for sure. Um, before we get into decline, um, let's cover what exactly DHT is. You might've heard about this in relation to like male pattern balding, for example. Um, but what that is and how it functions in the body. Yeah. So that's dihydrotestosterone. And this is primarily responsible for prostate and hair growth, um, essentially what surges to drive male puberty. Um, And there's no known role for DHT in females, actually. Um, And so DHT in females um, is not going to have any favorable impact, whereas, again, testosterone in females does have some noted health benefits. Um, DHT itself is an aromatase blocker, and so it's going to block the conversion of um, testosterone into estrogen. Um, So for women, again, we would not want this, um, and uh, we can see that DHT can be so strong it can block the male hormone from converting into female hormone again, meaning that testosterone will stay testosterone and not convert into estrogen. So for men, they want ample DHT, otherwise they're going to convert any of their belly fat and testosterone into estrogen and then we'll see I know we'll see more like um uh, male breast formation and other um some some will call soy boy or like softer body types that's what we'll see often with higher aromatization as a, a, a physical um ex- example vacation there. So um, looking at testosterone to DHT conversion is basically how the androgen, which androgen we talk about as more of these male pattern hormones, how this enters the body um, and the process on which it is carried out by the enzymes that drive that conversion process. Roughly 5% of free testosterone is converted to DHT. DHT is going to attach to the same sites as testosterone, and it has greater potency and stays attached for longer periods of time. Um, So this is why a male would potentially consider doing a DHT blocker, because this actually would then keep the testosterone as testosterone, not convert that aromatization into the DHT level. Um, And high levels of DHT, as you mentioned, Becky, yes, can cause male pattern baldness. Um, high levels of DHT can enlarge prostate. Mm-hmm. So if a man has um, enlarged prostate gland, they'll go on something like maybe finasteride. Um, this is a medication that's known as a DHT blocker. Um, and this would be used to shrink the prostate gland if enlarged and or to reduce hair loss if we're seeing that elevated DHT. Um, so if using testosterone therapy, you also want to monitor DHT because there's just more lighter fluid to potentially be converted, if that makes sense. Sure. And that's a level you could run in your blood if if you are on testosterone or, yes. you know, getting the uh, testosterone pellets or something like that. I'm yes. sure we'll talk a little bit about that. In a yes. Bit. And that's what can really throw off women that are getting yes. the testosterone yeah, pellets yeah. if not being um, aromatase and yep. their estrogen just gets really out of whack. Yep. Um, so, okay, beyond the conversion of testosterone into DHT, overall, we've just seen a testosterone decline, like you said, in the past two decades, and it's becoming more and more pronounced to the point that we're seeing it on, you know, even mainstream media. Um, let's talk about why this is happening. Yeah, and it's it's not new information, unfortunately. You know, um, back in the early 2000s, in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, um, there was a study that I'll link that indicated um, that men's testosterone levels plummeted 17% from 1987 to 2004. Um, and that was actually already controlling for health and lifestyle factors such as obesity and diabetes, those that are known to affect testosterone levels. Um, so they were just seeing, even when they take out the and they control um, these other variables, that there's been a 17% decline, um, which is quite remarkable. We're looking at less than 20-year window there, a 15-year pocket of timeline. 
Um, and they found that not only are individual men losing testosterone as they age, but the same aged men from prior eras um, or later eras, excuse me, had significantly lower testosterone than their predecessors. So basically a man who turned 65 in 2002, for example, had much lower testosterone than a man who turned 65 in 1987. Um, and so that's where we saw that overall 17%. And when we look at taking out obesity as a factor, what was not taken out in that study was stress and toxicity and sedentary lifestyle. And I think that, you know, we can be skinny fat, as you know, right? That's kind of like that phrase of like, okay, maybe you're not clinically obese. Maybe your weight on the scale is of a healthy BMI, but are you holding as much muscle mass in these decades than we did in the past? Um, And we know, unfortunately, that sedentary lifestyle is just more and more and more, especially post-pandemic with a lot less work even done in the office, more people working from home. Um, But when I look at decline, I'd have to include, of course, obesity as a risk factor and say the top four are stress, obesity, toxicity, and sedentary lifestyle or lack of use of muscle. Got it. So a lot that's, you know, working against us in terms of optimizing that testosterone and um, some serious implications in the influence of fertility and vitality and viability and again, survival of humans, which is a little bit scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But let's dig into all of these and, and talk about how they impact testosterone levels, starting with stress. Yeah. Um, It would be really interesting to see again over this past three to five years, how even we've seen a a deeper plummet in levels as we've seen that inverse relationship of stressors going up. So, you know, both physical and psychological stress have a huge impact on our testosterone levels. Um, And we do see a connection with cortisol, that primary stress-related hormone in the adrenal glands. So when the body's stressed, it's going to have a rise in cortisol. Um, and while cortisol can of course be a survival hormone that puts us in that fight or flight surge, if we're under a chronic stress demand, chronically elevated cortisol levels will disrupt sexual hormone balance. Um, and that's because of course, both hormones are going to be produced from that same steroidal hormone building pathway, pregnenolone. And if the body is under stress, especially chronic daily stress, it's going to shunt more of that pregnenolone, that building block into production of cortisol. Um, and this means that there's less, you know, soup in the pot, if you will, to convert the testosterone or drive testosterone production um, that over time will suppress testosterone levels. Um, and we've seen study after study showing this to be the case. Um, and so if you're a high-stressed individual, especially someone that is having some fluctuations in libido or starting to see body composition change, feeling flabbier or not holding muscle tone or seeing weight gain, um, or there are other testosterone deficiency concerns, this would be a huge one to strongly consider is, you know, how can we support stress reduction and how can we optimize adrenal health um, to ensure that the individual has ample foundational support? Yes. Um, so, you know, thinking about things like just relaxation, um, mm-hmm. thinking about meditation and prayer, even, you know, talk therapy, um, men tend to be the ones that kind of hold it all in versus women. Um, and, and men also tend to die on average seven years earlier. Right. And part of that is proposed the lack of community or sharing or, or releasing and holding. And so even just within your own household, if you're trying to support your husband increasing his testosterone, just encouraging like walking outside, having an actual conversation about what's going on, let him kind of bucket list or dump, um, uh, brain dump, any of those things that are pent up. I think that that would be really big, important release. Sure. Um, and then let's talk about um, the influence of cordyceps because I think that's an interesting area of research in terms of uh, boosting testosterone and also libido. Yeah, it's interesting too. It kind of reminds me of that nature's doctrine of signature because cordyceps look a little phallic to me. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you know that that caterpillar fungus. Um, and so you know it is a staple in traditional Chinese medicine. We incorporate cordyceps in our adaptogen boost. 
which is definitely a supplement that is a lifeline for both Becky and myself. Um, And so cordyceps have been used as an herbal remedy for enhancing and restoring sexual impairment um, in sexual function in humans um, and was widely used as a sexual tonic. Now in modern, it also was used heavily with like respiratory disease and um, for um, fatigue, chronic fatigue, or, or to enhance not just libido in a sexual world, but vitality overall. In modern medicine, there are many studies that have explored the effects of the cordyceps on sexual and reproductive functions. Um, and so we can see that they can restore sexual desire in both women and men. Um, they basically drive also the stere- stereogenesis or that steroid pathway um, production and testosterone production in hand. Um, we've seen that cordyceps can increase the secretion of DHT and testosterone by primary testicular cells and that they have caused cell proliferation of testicular tissue. So kind of turning on the primary driving gland for men. Um, and then we have seen though with libido and drive in women and even some secondary testosterone support with use of cordyceps. And then what's very cool is rhodiola, which is another ingredient in our adaptogen boost also has unique benefit to support testosterone. We've seen um, an increase of rhodiola in increasing testosterone and HGH, or the human growth hormone levels. Um, rhodiola also is that compound that we've talked about to combat depression, um, which is important to stabilize the mood to support that adrenal feedback. And we've talked about in women's hormones, rhodiola actually aiding in regulating healthy ovulation in those that have been anovulatory. So if you're hearing this as a woman, um, it's not like these adaptogens, adaptogens by definition, help the body to adapt to demand, right? There's actually in adaptogenic uh, herbs, aside from the consideration of pregnancy, there's really no toxicity or concern of excess. Um, What they do is they help to modulate or rebound. And so taking adaptogen boost as a woman is not going to drive like PCOS excessive testosterone, just to be clear. Um, So we've seen benefits of both of the cordyceps and rhodiola in each you know, sex to have beneficial influence, both women and men. Um, And then ginseng also, uh, which we have ginseng as the third ingredient in the adaptogen boost. Um, We've seen that this can actually elevate testosterone levels by strengthening strengthening stress resistance, um, decreasing prolactin, um, which can also be seen as a surge during times of stress and by regulating DHT levels. Um, So it can help to inhibit stress hormones. It can help to also reduce inflammation. And all these adaptogens help with resistance to free radicals, which kind of leans into that toxin impact as well. Okay, super, super cool. So obviously adaptogen boost would be the the high recommendation there. Um, What about other supplementation in terms of, you know, regulation of stress or other tools that we could use in this world. Yeah. So I would also add maca, which we talked about in our wild foods ad, essentially. Um, Maca is one that is a Peruvian root. Um, This we can link in our Amazon store, um, could be taken as a supplement or as a food as medicine powder added into smoothies. Um, In fact, we have the, uh, what's our like maca pudding that... um, It's a spicy maca cacao avocado mousse that's a mouthful in and of itself but it's really yummy it's kind of a twist on our classic avocado pudding um and uses a little bit of cayenne pepper in there for like the vasodilation aspect super fun we're close enough to valentine's day we'll we'll link that uh, recipe in the show notes as well i think that's a really great one to learn and incorporate maca and then maca could just be added like two teaspoons um, into a smoothie, about one gram is what you're looking for, or 500 milligrams twice daily. Um, and so we'll link both the Amazon store option of the capsule as well as um, the powder option there as a superfood. Um, and then back to uh, another supplement form, um, which kind of goes hand in hand when I'm thinking of the adrenals. I, I lean right away into Adaptogen Boost and then also right away into Bio C. Um, because we know of all of the glands in the body that vitamin C is most concentrated in those adrenal glands. Um, Vitamin C is going to reduce that free radical tissue damage, but vitamin C also has been shown in research to regulate cortisol. So both if you're in an excessive, too high of cortisol pattern output or in an insufficient burned out adrenal um, level of cortisol, Bio C plus would be a big player there. And it helps in the metabolism of 
your norepinephrine and epinephrine. Um, so it plays a role with your adrenaline levels as well as your cortisol steroid hormone. Um, and vitamin C has been shown to also protect testosterone levels against destruction. So that's that kind of free radical component. So extra cool if you can get a nutrient that also then kind of leans into not just stress, but also maybe the toxin concern as an area of focus. And again, the BioC Plus for women, fabulous. We've talked about how it can increase progesterone production quite substantially as well, like hundreds of percents. Yeah, super compelling with the vitamin C on both ends of the spectrum, really looking at both testosterone and progesterone. Um, And I think it's worth noting here as we're talking about stress and especially stress-related burnout or adrenal insufficiency um, that we may want to also consider, especially for men, um, even without, you know, testing per se where they're at, um, we could consider bringing in some adrenal glandular if they know their testosterone is running low. Um, again, that going back to that pregnenolone and steel and, and not having the ample building blocks to make these sexual steroid hormones, we can bring in an adrenal glandular and that's going to kind of add a little bit more juice in the tank, if you will. Absolutely. I think that's a, a strong point to make. And um, all three of those are in our adrenal rehab bundle. So I will link that in the show notes and that would be probably a big push. Again, everyone, when we think of functional medicine, is going to have their own Achilles heel. And so as we unpack these drivers of testosterone decline, one individual might focus more on detox, another might focus more on stress. Um, but that adrenal rehab bundle has the adaptogen boost, the BioC plus, and the adrenal support, um, which would be a really good trifecta to, to really get back online. Yep. Um, so yeah, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. Stress is just not sexy. Mm -hmm. And whether you're looking for, you know, that libido boost, whether you're looking for optimal fertility or just to optimize hormones overall, that's a really big factor and probably the number one for like most people. For sure. Um, Let's talk about the impact of toxins on testosterone. This is huge. And um, that book came out a couple of years ago, Estrogen Nation, I think, which started to bring this to light. Um, But I think this is probably like the newest, biggest issue, yes. if you will. And, and and seemingly unavoidable, right? right. There's, there's always that dial of what things you can change in your household, but um, we're seeing these compounds in our drinking water and such. So we're, we're really looking at the influence of endocrine disrupting compounds and phthalates and metalloestrogens are the ones that we have been really seen as testosterone killers. It was Dr. Shauna Swan that discovered how these are Uh, significantly causing a decline in sperm and rising infertility in men and how they ultimately can contribute to possible extension of the extinction of the human species. Um, And so the phthalates and metalloestrogens are those quote unquote testosterone killers. Phthalates um, or phthalate esters um, are esters of phthalic acid and um, that's spelled with a PH, um, but it's kind of said phthalate. Um, they are mainly used in plasticizers. And so these are substances that are added to plastics to increase their flexibility, their transparency, durability, longevity. They are essentially found in anything that contains plastic. So water bottles, food containers, you name it. As we know, hot beverages um, or soups and such are more prone towards leaching. So we would want to consider that food containers, you know, things are cooled before they're maybe transferred to plastics, um, et cetera. Um, And I was just thinking about like even the standard coffee cup, you know, we know that paper itself, so it looks like a paper cup, right? Right. But like paper itself does not allow coffee to not penetrate through it. Like, right. You can't pour, so, I mean, you can't pour cold liquid into paper, never right. mind a hot one. Right. So every time we're getting a beverage out, even if it's a super green type, you know, company, there's still going to be some form of a phthalate response that creates that kind of hardening or that ability to prevent that leaching yeah. of that liquid. And so that's one that I really have a hard time sitting with. And I don't know, for me, peace of mind, I, I try to order, if I'm ordering out as a beverage, iced beverages for that reason. I don't know. Maybe it does a little or bit like of bring your own stainless steel tumbler yeah places will still get them up there right, like right. i always want my if i'm gonna do a cortado i'm like please in a t- in i don't want it to go cup i want it in a mug yeah, yeah, yeah. um type of thing so like a glass you know little shot or the ceramic mugs would all be better but yeah higher levels of phthalates were associated um, with an 11 percent to 24 percent decline in testosterone levels 
among women aged 40 to 60 and a 24% to 34% drop in testosterone levels in boys ages 6 to 12. So those were the most remarkable populations that were pulled, but we saw a decline across the age range. Those were just kind of the shock and awe ones. Okay. And then these metalloestrogens, let's talk about those guys. Yes. So as it kind of sounds, these are different metal um, estrogen mimicking compounds. So they include a number of metals such as aluminum, copper, lead, mercury, barium, um, tin, cobalt, and others. And um, they're added to thousands of consumer products, including vaccines is a big one, right? We we removed the, of course, mercury when we were doing the thimerosal free, which is in all pediatrics, not necessarily though all adult flu mm-hmm. shots and such. Um, and though most of that was replaced with one of these other metal stimulating adjuvants. Um, and so it's quite difficult. Obviously, you can opt out of that choice of, of vaccination at times, um, but it's quite difficult to avoid these metals in other areas where we see them in our receipts. Um, we see them in our toilet paper, in our food, um, canned food. Fertilizers is one that's quite remarkable um, because this is going to be pretty ubiquitous as it's being applied now you know, to primary crops. So yes, buying at your farmer's market is the best option, growing your own, an amazing option. Um, but you know, that level of discernment can be difficult if really living in an actual industrialized lifestyle. Right. Toilet paper is probably a tricky one to yes. fully get away yes. from. And I feel like a freak at the grocery store. I'm like, no receipt, no receipt. Don't I let know, it touch too. my hand. Me too. Like it's not enough to just touch it and throw it away. It's like, I literally don't want it touching me or my kiddos or anything in our our new build we are doing a um a bidet of sorts i'll let let you know how it goes how toilet paper free i can stay in the household okay i like it (laughs) and then um cleaning products would be the other one to consider and so we know there's other known endocrine disrupting compounds of course across the board in cleaning products but these metalloestrogens also would be found here we can link um branch basics um and you can always save 20 percent when you use ali miller rd on your order there that's what i use in my household at my market Um, Just different concentrations of this vegetable-based cleanser, um, which would be free of these concerning toxins. And it works to get like baby stains out of clothes too. Yeah, especially the oxygen boost. (laughs) We've been Mm -hmm. been using that and relying a lot more heavily on it. And I just spray and use the oxygen boost and hey, all of the blowout stains, the spit (laughs) up, the everything. Love it. All right. Um, so for all of these reasons, detox would really be a really huge priority here for boosting testosterone levels, preventing decline. Um, so getting that quarterly detox for sure. Yes. Um, if you're someone dealing with, with low testosterone levels um, or trying to increase your hormone levels at all, um, let's talk about how this would work. Yeah. So supporting your pathways of detoxification, those biochemical phase one and phase two enzyme pathways is a big way to get rid of some of these fat soluble toxins that otherwise will build up in your adipocytes or which is the fancy word for your fat tissue in the body. And we've tested, you know, we've tested, I think it was 33,000 Americans adipose tissue test that they basically drew fat from their abdomen and they saw 100% of the samples had benzenes for instance Um, and benzenes are also known to drive down testosterone levels and so the best thing we can do in this world of detox is consume nutrients that upregulate the encapsulation and excretion of these toxins that would otherwise disrupt our hormone balance Um, and so doing the reset restore renew detox packs doing like you said a quarterly 10-day detox protocol we're getting a lot of those sulfur containing cruciferous vegetables Um, these are also helpful because they would reduce in men that are seeing excessive estrogen we would even consider like layering in our brocco detox which would help to reduce any of that aromatizing testosterone into estrogen um, and um, prevent that estrogen buildup in a man's body which will then compete with an already low testosterone and express it to be even lower with that relative imbalance yes so if you know that you've got you know for example elevated liver enzymes or have never done a detox mm-hmm. before or you know work in a job that's exposing you to plastics or polymers on a regular basis um, you might even want to up that detox support to more like daily um, taking one of those detox packs and or the 
Brocco Detox. And we know and we love on our liver that it's going to do a better job just overall in the body, right? We talk about all the time doing a detox often will, you know, boost people's ketone levels. Well, guess what? It's also going to boost your hormone levels. Yes, totally. I mean, if your liver is enhanced in its functionality or you're, like you said, I love that phrase, loving on your liver, giving the nutrients it requires to function, it's going to have a more favorable influence on that enzyme pathway that conjugates the 17 beta hydroxyl group of testosterone. And we've seen a study that was published by the Journal of Gastroenterology and Hepatology, and they saw that serum testosterone levels are reduced up to 90% in men with cirrhosis. So that's, you know, an advanced liver disease. Um, and their level, their testosterone levels reduce as their liver function declines. Um, So really just showing that idea that a vital liver health is really essential to optimal testosterone function. Okay. And then beyond toxicity, obesity we mentioned is another risk factor for low testosterone levels. And partially this is due to those adipose adipocytes or that adipose tissue or fat tissue being in itself estrogenic. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So the body fat not only holds toxins, but the fat itself behaves as estrogen and actually upregulates that aromatization process or that conversion of turning testosterone into estrogen. So we'd really look at, in this case and sense, a focused program for weight loss, um, ideally a focus on weight loss that is going to retain lean body mass. And this is where nutritional ketosis would be so beautiful because we've seen the presence of ketone bodies in the blood, um, which would be produced when you reduce your carbohydrates and you get into a state of nutritional ketosis, right? Not just using uh, glucose for fuel, but using ketones as that secondary process, you're going to metabolize fat as fuel in your body fat if you're doing a program that regulates your fat gram intake. Now, if you're doing a keto program that's a classic keto and you're eating super high fat and maybe not looking at the quality of your fat selection, you may not see as much body fat loss. Um, But if you're doing more of a Mediterranean approach and you're really pushing with a little bit more protein emphasis, getting in those cruciferous veg, getting in good variety in the diet, we're going to definitely see more accelerated outcomes of that loss of body fat, as well as getting with the diet, some of those detox supporting compounds, which will reduce a surge of estrogen as you lose that body fat. And I think that's important to note. Sure. Just the way that you lose weight matters and and having that detox support along the way, um, you know, with, with every, um, 10% loss of, of weight. Most definitely. And I would note too, unique to just calorie consumption calorie restriction or whatever other diet you might be looking at in the new year, like, oh, I'm going to do this new app that tracks me to be mindful, or I'm going to do this or that. The fact that getting into a state of nutritional ketosis ups your HGH, that's that human growth hormone surge, that's what helps with muscle retention, which maintains active metabolism. But also that HGH influx is what's going to help with a more immediate influence on testosterone that you won't see with just a standard weight loss approach. Totally. That's a really, really good point and another selling point for keto, I think. Another check in the box. Um, And then we mentioned, you know, sedentary lifestyle here as a big driver as well of, of decline of testosterone and testosterone being stimulated by muscle. Um, So let's talk about the impact of exercise and lifting weights and actually putting more muscle on your body. Yeah. So there was a study in 2015 that looked at men with obesity and they found that increased physical activity um, when they were comparing testosterone results, that increased physical activity was actually more beneficial than calorie restriction for boosting up testosterone levels. And according to a literature review, the effects on testosterone levels can vary based on several factors. Um, So they looked at the type of exercise and the training intensity, and they saw resistance training, such as weightlifting, to be the biggest one to boost testosterone um, levels. And um, this is where we'd really pair, of course, um, you know, 
making sure you're feeding the muscle mass as well as using the muscle mass. But resistance training would be key for both women and men, especially that perimenopausal population we've talked about with women um, and that disconnect of like women not wanting to be too ripped and not wanting to lift weights. That muscle mass activation is really going to be an anti-aging boost and absolutely influence healthy testosterone. Yes. And then, like you said, feeding the muscle mass, you know, following up that exercise with a, you know, substantial meal that has a high amount of quality protein um, and or a shake that contains grass-fed whey, I think would be really essential. That's always one of my recommendations when um, I'm doing a lab review for somebody's husband and their testosterone's looking a little low. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, we got to lift something heavy a couple times a week. Yes. Follow it up with one to two scoops of grass-fed whey. I love that. Absolutely. So we've seen in studies that chronic calorie restriction, like I just noted, you know, that calorie restriction versus exercise, exercise boosted, but chronic calorie restriction, especially if not getting ample protein or fat. So that's your classic diet, right? Your classic standard American, just cut your calories or, or weight watchers or whatnot is just going to reduce your overall calorie intake without ensuring that you're feeding your muscle and without ensuring that you're getting ample fat. And so eating enough protein is going to help you to maintain healthy testosterone levels and in itself, if paired with some level of calorie distribution or, or reduced carbs, will also help you with fat loss. And the grass-fed way of giving you high levels of leucine um, would be a fabulous approach there. So maybe looking at our smoothies ebook, um, we'll link that in the show notes. It's a great way for kind of a good New Year's resolution is like, okay, let's for 60 days have a protein shake. And I'm going to make one um, for myself and my husband before we leave the, for the office. And, you know, we're going to do maybe a moderate fast, maybe sit bone broth and then do that protein shake. And then maybe have um, like turkey rolled up with avocado and some sprouts and then our meal when we get home. And that would be a really great way to really hone in on getting ample protein. And those protein shakes can be so uh, portable, easy to control. It helps to eliminate the plastics and such from like the quick dining out selections. Um, So I think that'd be a really great thing to consider. And then um, the healthy fats piece is important because fat is essential to actually produce hormone. Um, And so we've talked about how like a ketogenic diet can actually help a woman with amenorrhea or loss of menstrual cycle if she's eating enough calories in her ketogenic diet to actually give the body those building blocks to make hormone. So we've seen in research that low fat diets can actually decrease testosterone levels and the really quality fat choices can enhance or boost testosterone levels. So we're looking at things like coconut oil. um, We're looking at full fat dairy like raw milk um, or fermented quality dairy products like yogurt. Greek yogurt would be a great one to have a little bit more protein in there. Um, Quality fish oil like our EPA DHA extra would be a huge add-in. Flax seeds, chia seeds, walnuts, avocado, olive oil, and almonds all as top fat selections. And so what you were not hearing here is like the dirty keto fat choices, like the sunflower oil right. and the safflower, et cetera. Yeah. This is one of those examples where it's literally you are what you eat or you're yes. making hormone from what you're eating. And we've actually seen that those industrialized fats, oxidized oils, seed oils have an adverse effect on right. testosterone. So this is the double-edged you know, sword of foodist medicine of we need healthy fat, but yes. we need to reduce or you know strive to eliminate those industrialized oils. And that's that qualitative piece of not just if it meets your macros. Right. <laughs> like right. It needs to be real food first and then make it meet your macros. So yep. that's always a, a big um, kind of thorn in the side in the keto space when we're talking about food as medicine, keto. I think that's what really sets our approach apart. When we look at a lot of those bars and keto products out there, they're going to have vegetable oils and oxidized, industrialized vegetable oils. So cottonseed oil, soybean oil, canola oil. And these have been shown, all of those three, directly to have an adverse effect on testosterone. Um, And generally, these polyunsaturated fats can disrupt our cell walls in the bo- in the body, and so every cell has that bilipid membrane. Um, and we've seen just study after study that showing that these oxidized fats actually drive testosterone decline. And this is something I, I think we could definitely say trends with the research we're seeing in you know the decade changes as a big piece of the puzzle, and could even be why fertility 
and testosterone levels um, haven't declined maybe as much when I mentioned early in the opening in the man in Japan, right? Sure. 30 year variable um, because we're not seeing in, um, you know, less westernized countries, the consumption of these um, polyunsaturated oxidized industrial fats. Oh yeah. We're, we're for sure driving the train with the industrialized yes. oils. Um, and so countries that aren't as Americanized for sure are not going to see that influence. Yeah. Um, let's just, as we're talking about fat, just take a quick break to talk about how our food is medicine keto program is different than those dirty keto uh, approaches that we've talked about and why you need to sign up like right now. Yes. So from when you're listening to this, you just have one more week to get in on our uh, first live keto class that we've done in over a year, starting January 18th on Wednesdays from 12 Central Standard to 115, um, maybe 130, but somewhere in that 75 to 90 minute window, we'll be teaching a live class, Becky and myself, every other week. And it pairs our unique food as medicine approach to keto with functional medicine topics. So we hit on cardiovascular health. We hit on leaky gut and gut dysbiosis and the importance of the microbiome. Um, We touch on hormones and hormone balance. We hit on um, anxiety, mood, stress, and cravings. It's a really deep dive comprehensive program that will help you to understand in your own body, what's your greatest Achilles heel? Where do you really need to dig deeper? And then Becky and I guide you through this three-month program on our Slack, which is a non-social media platform where you can open chat um, with other members and ourselves. We are the main moderators, the only moderators, I should say. Um, And we're able to share recipes on there. We're able to troubleshoot labs. We're able to suggest maybe a lab if you're not sure where you need to start. Do I need to do MRT or Labrix or a micronutrient test? Um, So there's that really customized approach. And then you will get also, speaking of customized, um, 20 plus handouts and worksheets. And a protocol that you will adjust to you um, if you sign up with maybe a friend, um, a coworker, your husband. Um, you'll see that you each will have unique protocols, different macro goals. And then we even have protocols that support autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and adrenal insufficiency. So if you're one of those stress people, that could be more of a targeted area for you. Um, there's a breastfeeding and pregnancy protocol. Um, so wherever you are in your life cycle or in your health journey, I know that our 12-week food is medicine keto program has something for you and over that three months you'll have both the accountability and the strategy to really get some sustained results yes so we hope you'll join us head on over to alliemillerrd.com click on books and programs and it's the live 12-week food is medicine ketosis class Yes. You want to just share savings. I think that's the thing to call out. So if people have done the yes. archive, yeah, yeah, one thing that stands out is we'll have the live Slack um, that you get interaction with us for three months. And that in itself is highly valued. Um, and then there's discounts too. Yes. So um, discounts on your supplements for the duration of the class. So you'll get a unique code in class one. Um that is, you know, for only for um, members of the class to save on your supplements during the class, and then also exclusive discounts, which are pretty substantial on all of our labs. And those discounts range from twenty-five bucks on some of the less expensive labs, all the way up to two fifty off of our MRT, which is kind of you know, the value of the class essentially yes. in and of itself. And and then those supplement savings and you get uh, both of our eBooks in the keto realm. So the ketogenic kickstart eBook and eat fat, get skinny, um, which is more of the recipes, 50 plus recipes. And then there's the science and strategy of keto. All of this for just $299 fantastic value. And really, if you're doing one thing this new year to really invest in yourself, this would be my top line recommendation. So go on over and grab your spot today. All right. Let's wrap things up with a couple more recommendations here. Um, Let's talk micronutrients, specifically vitamin D we see to be essential to 
testosterone levels. Yes. So, you know, vitamin D really is, is known as more of a pro-hormone, um, even within its mechanisms as a vitamin. And it's estimated that up to 1 billion people worldwide are deficient. We've talked a lot about vitamin D in relationship to the immune system. And I think we have an entire episode on vitamin D that we can link in the show notes for y'all if you want to nerd out and you missed that one. Um, but there definitely is substantial research that shows that low levels of vitamin D can be tied to lower testosterone levels. Um, In 2017, there was a study looking at men with vitamin D deficiency, and they saw that taking a vitamin D supplement increased testosterone levels and improved erectile dysfunction. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and um, you aren't taking vitamin D, A, what are you doing? Everyone should be taking vitamin D, (laughs) potentially maybe not during the highest sun months if you're someone that manufactures it fine. And the only way to know is getting a 25-hydroxy vitamin D assessment, which absolutely we encourage doing like twice a year. Um, I definitely recommend doing a vitamin D assessment in September to get you armed up for that cold flu viral Mm -hmm. season. Um, And then if you plan on stopping your vitamin D supplementation, what I would suggest doing, like maybe you take it through um, May, then I would say after um, four weeks off or three weeks off of supplementation, like mid-June or end of June, test your vitamin D to make sure that you're in a good place because you don't want to see decline in sex hormone. Um, We know vitamin D plays a role with the thyroid. Of course, it plays a role in mood stabilizing, in uh, seasonal allergies, and so much more. So it's something in the Miller household that all family members take every single day, but we do dose up during times of immune need. Sure. Um, okay. And beyond vitamin D, um, let's just talk about sleep before we get into some more supplement, yeah. um, recommendation. Cause I think sleep is always, <laughs> it's always that like super important thing that the moms just don't get. As I say, especially <laughs> I can hear you musing on it, Becky. Sleep with your sounds three, good. Three and a half month old over here. <laughs> yes. Um, so absolutely sleep arguably can be just as important for your health as diet and exercise and maybe the most difficult to impact, but also the easiest at the same time. Who knows? Um, You know, so sleep quality um, has major effects on testosterone. Uh, There was a study that looked at 2,295 teenage boys and um, men, and they found that impaired sleep would be linked to lower levels of testosterone. The ideal amount of sleep is going to vary from person to person, but we have seen that sleeping only five hours a night was linked to 10 to 15% reduction in testosterone levels. So it's been argued, you know, that seven to eight, um, we do tend to see that, you know, with some research getting at least that seven hours of sleep every night. But interestingly enough, there was a study that looked at older men and they found increased sleep duration of 9.9 hours um, was associated with increased testosterone levels. Um, whereas conversely, sleeping um, more than um, 9.9 hours was actually tied to lower testosterone levels. So that almost 10 hours. Um, so they saw an increase from that seven to 10, but that was the threshold. And I guess that makes sense because when you're laying in bed for more than 10 hours, right. you're getting some atrophy. You're not Right. using your muscles, muscles. Yeah. <laughs> you might be depressed you know so you might not be getting as much surge yeah. but yeah. there is some goal of maybe trying to get once a week sleep over seven hours sure. maybe sleeping in on a saturday or a sunday if that's ever possible ever again sounds fabulous <laughs> i'm gonna try that and see what happens um so yeah we might even consider you know that sleep support um as yes. a really good supplement to regulate and and support healthy testosterone levels as well. And there are, you know, elements and research on melatonin in terms of um, functioning to support balanced hormone levels overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So let's cover, you know, as we wrap up, um, just some more supplemental support um, and maybe those functional labs to consider. Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned that functional medicine approach is always looking at who what is the individual's deepest weakness, right? So from listening to this today, hopefully you're taking some notes and you're going to make some one, two, three goals kind of of, okay, I'm going to really hone in on stress or I'm really curious on where my testosterone levels are at because I am experiencing XYZ symptom. 
for that individual, I'd say absolutely invest in and do that Labrix Neurohormone Complete or Complete Plus panel if you are a man or a woman. Um, and that's going to be a really great way to get a foundational baseline of where you're at in the status of your adrenal glands. And we also look at your neurotransmitters there, which would give us an understanding of are you in that uh, stressed and wired or stressed and tired burned out mode um, and allow Becky or I to directly support you over email correspondence. Anytime you purchase a lab through our website, um, you'll get direct feedback from likely Becky, but maybe me, one of one of us. Um, and so that would be a really great thing to consider if we know that that's an Achilles heel. Um, if we are cost prohibitive, then I would say just go right into if stress is your Achilles heel of the stress support. Um, and so there's that adrenal rehab bundle. Um, or if the individual is dealing with more of that for sure experiential fight or flight, stressed and wired mentality, maybe they're better for the stress support bundle, which would have the calm and clear in there um, instead of the adrenal support. Um, and then that has that same adaptogen boost, but that has GABA calm. And so if we feel like we just need to come out of that kind of surgy fight or flight response, that might be the other one to consider in its place. Um, I would say when we're talking about labs, the other thing we might consider would be, you know, I already noted and we'll have in the show notes, those blood markers you can assess. Um, and then you're getting the salivary testosterone, DHEA, and all of that in the um, neurohormone complete or complete plus. Um, but the next one I would consider would be a micronutrient test. Mm-hmm. And that's because we've seen so many nutrients that will just kind of punch through as we bring this to a close that will have an influence beyond vitamin D, beyond that vitamin C that we noted in its connection to testosterone production um, or prevention of testosterone decline. Um, And so that would be another one. I like to do a micronutrient test as an annual wellness assessment to really just understand in my client what are their patterns of deficiency, how can we support them with food as medicine, and then how can we use nutraceuticals or nutritional supplements to really accelerate, get them out of the woods, if you will, and rebound them back into an optimal status. Okay. So other um, nutrients of focus, I think of magnesium as a big one that has an effect on our anabolic hormones, including testosterone. Yeah. So relax and regulate would be a great go-to. We think of, you know, that magnesium bisglycinate as a neuromuscular relaxer. We know magnesium has 300 plus um, functions in the body. It regulates also, of course, blood sugar response, sleep, could be influenced by this, which would hit us reducing cortisol. Um, we know that that mag bisglycinate can actually block in the pituitary the stimulus of cortisol. And so right there, you're kind of regulating then or harnessing that stress stallion. Um, and I will note inositol is the other ingredient in the relax and regulate. So you're getting that magnesium um, and we know there's high amounts of magnesium deficiency. So probably a scoop to two scoops daily. Um, but what the other ingredient in there is myo-inositol. And inositol has actually been shown to have favorable influence in both women and men when it comes to testosterone. And it's interesting, this is a question I get all the time. I think because often I'm speaking to myo-inositol in the world of PCOS Mm -hmm. and how it will reduce testosterone levels in women that are dealing with hirsutism, meaning meaning facial hair on a woman, um, or polycystic ovaries, or imbalanced um, sex hormone expression. But inositol itself can um, reduce that DHT And in PCOS, females can definitely modulate testosterone. But in men, um, we're actually seeing research on the inositol supporting healthy levels while aiding in sperm quality, motility, concentration, morphology, or shape. Um, And that can actually be a big favorable impact on male fertility. Um, So we've seen both sperm quality and male fertility enhanced with use of that inositol. Um, And so I have no concern about that being a testosterone reducer in men, just to be clear on that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think that's a really good point. So definitely a shared supplement Mm -hmm. in our household where we each, you know, at least get a scoop Mm -hmm. of that. Um, And then vitamin D balance blend obviously comes in there for the vitamin D Mm -hmm. connection. Um, And that would be one a day unless we're assessed to be significantly lower Mm -hmm. in vitamin D. and then getting into those stress formulas, mm-hmm. the bio C plus like one twice daily as a baseline, but that could go up to four, especially if under the weather adaptogen boost, I would tend to dose someone that's thinking to boost their testosterone at four capsules a day minimum, like two at rise two midday. 
Um, and then I would layer in our multi-defense, which has methylated B vitamins as well as chelated uh, minerals because we know the influence of uh, zinc to be very favorable in preventing that aromatization. Um, and so that would be another thing to make sure that our mineral game is on point, including other um, trace minerals like chromium, which plays a role with metabolism and so much more. So that'd be kind of the the baseline approach would be like that, maybe that stress support bundle or the adrenal support um, with multi-defense and the vitamin D balance blend and layer in a tub of relax and regulate, maybe some detox packs and you're pretty rock and roll um, from there. Um, and, and you'll notice we didn't say, go replace the testosterone that has declined, right? There's so much that we can do before we get to that element even of, you know, hormone replacement, be it synthetic or, or bioidentical. So much we can do on a functional level to support the body. Absolutely. And again, just adding testosterone from the outside in, whether done as an injectable or a pellet or a transdermal cream is not correcting that root cause of what the imbalance was. So, right, maybe we're still dealing with the fatty liver. Um, So we still need our liver to work for the other millions of functions in the body. Um, You know, maybe that sleep is aging us and driving Alzheimer's, the the insomnia that we're experiencing, et cetera. So absolutely getting to the root cause and really trying to support the function of the body. And then um, seeing that robust increase of testosterone would be the way that um, we'd ideally want to go. So hopefully you've taken a couple things from today today's episode that are helpful tips. You've picked up on some of those lifestyle and diet variables. Again, always we're hoping you're taking a couple applications that you can commit to. And if you want some support, consider grabbing a spot in our 10-day detox or for more significant substantial outcomes in our uh, Food is Medicine 12-week ketosis class. We will put links for everything in the show notes. And as always, thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. It's always a pleasure supporting you in optimizing and thriving in your body, as well as supporting all members of your household. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.